up, Pickleheads? Today, I have a very exciting podcast. I'm going to be speaking with Pat Smith. He's not quite here yet, but he's going to drop some knowledge on us. So we're really excited about that. Uh, Spencer, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm excited to have him on. He's had some success recently, so we wanted to bring him on here and uh, kind of pick his brain, tickle his pickle head, see what we can <laughs> get out of it, see how all of us can improve together. So yeah, it looks like he's coming on right now. This is perfect. Perfect timing. Was that something that you'd planned, Spence, tickle his pickle head? <laughs> no, nah, it just came out. That is legendary. <laughs> There he is. How are you? Good. How, How are, are you? you? Oh, not too bad. Long day at work. But it's okay. What do you do for work, Pat? I run a company as hair transplants. I still I'm one of the only ones left with a full time job. Right, right. I heard you say that in an interview that you have a full time job and then pickleball is just a yeah. side hustle. And you're still doing yeah, great in tournaments. I started, but now it's it's more than just us. I us like yes. Yeah, that's cool. That's really really cool. So nice. hair transplant company. Yeah, so we do hair transplants. So you actually do the that's where like you dig into the head, right? And then you're putting in individual pieces of hair. Yes, yeah, so you take follicles from the back and side of your head and move them to wherever you're standing on top. Wow, that's what Spencer needs. He needs some help over there. <laughs> There's a lot of people that need that. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, I if, never I, do. if I took off, if I took off yeah. my hat right now, you'd you'd see that I, I probably need that. I might be past the point though. I might not even be a candidate. So. Uh, yeah, that happens too, unfortunately. <laughs> That's interesting. So, hey, I want to I want to introduce you to our listeners. Um, I would assume that most of them know who you are. Uh, okay. the, sle- the sleeveless wonder, the yeah. uh, lots of recent success lately. Love watching you play. We ha- we actually had Jay on a couple months ago, and we asked him if you guys were going to play together again, and he kind of like left it in the air, like maybe, maybe not. I'm like, come on, man, you guys have had real close games, especially in the past against the Johns and everything. Um, recent success, you got silver in the PPA with Tina Pisnik. You hit the semifinals with Jay. If it wasn't for the fall, I really think you guys would have got to that got to that final. Um, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we had well, we we split the bronze, even though uh, they we said we'll split the points and the uh, and the money, um, and then uh, but they can have the medal if they want. I don't care. So we never even played it. So yeah, that never got played on the back end. But so we split it a little bit. But if I remember correctly, I think you and Jay were were up one game to nothing when you fell. We were up and a game then, and up in the second, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and up in the second. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking uh, some time to be here with us. Definitely want to hear from you. Um, Appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. Yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about your? I know because I'm a picklehead. That's kind of the reason for this podcast. We just follow everything pickleball. But can you kind of explain to our viewers wh- where you're from, how you made it to the U.S., or why you came to the U.S., um, and how you found pickleball? Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I um, 
I was born and raised in Munich in Germany. And then uh, I had a full version on tennis scholarship um, and came to the US, um, uh, what, 2000, July of 2005. Um, it came for four years. And I mean, almost well, 19 years later, I'm still here, I guess. You know, I stayed in school, did my undergrad, did another undergrad degree and a minor. And then I did an um, MBA in finance and entrepreneurship. Um, at that point, the financial crisis that hit, so I was like, I'm staying in school and they're paying for it. So yeah, I'm doing that for sure. Milk it as much as I can, I guess. And uh, then started. Then I worked with a hedge fund for one year. Uh, hated it, to be honest with you. Um, and moved back to Kansas City at that point. My uh, my my girlfriend at that time was still in Kansas City. Moved back there, and uh, moved to Phoenix. Moved back to Kansas City. And then ended up in Wichita at some point. I got hired to to work at a hospital management group in the finance side of it, financing hospital deals mainly, um, whether it's buying them out of uh, bankruptcy and then managing them or um, or uh, building them with an equity partner, brand new boutique hospitals. Um, yeah, and that's and then the owner of that company had invested to the surgical technology. Uh, the hair transplant technology, and um, I did both for a while. Started this company for him, and then yeah, I guess I took you know did this full time now. Uh, and then Pickleball, uh, we're taking Pickleball open up here in Wichita. I think it was a second location. Jay, yeah, he was the um, director of Pickleball here, and we've been friends ever since I got here because we used to play tennis together when he was in college playing tennis at Wichita State. I, I had Still was playing tennis just for fun and for fitness. So we would play his freshman and sophomore year a lot for him to get extra reps. Um, and um, we just became really good friends. And then he kept bugging me forever. Oh, I need more. I need a couple more teams to do this, you know, the competitive league. He really wanted to fill the first league ever there as much as possible. And I said, no, no, I'm not doing it. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of this old guy sport. And in the end, I, you know, in the end, I said, yeah, I'll do it. If you really need another team, I'll, I'll find a buddy that wants to do it with me um, as a friend I'll help you out um, and you know fell in love with it and then he asked me after the first eight weeks of that he said you want to play tournaments next year and I said sure how many uh, he goes 10 I said are you kidding 10 I have a full time job how am I going to pull that one off um, and well, look at that now we're playing 22 or I guess anywhere between 16 to 28 PPAs and MLP or Vibe I guess now MLP again not Vibe so, whatever it is uh, yeah a lot more than i ever thought i would but that's pretty much it in a nutshell that's interesting i haven't heard any of that what i'm interested about so in germany you must have learned english there and then your accent kind of sounds australian almost to me is well my dad's from or... new zealand so i grew i grew up speaking both okay. languages so i've never never spoken a word of english uh, of german with my dad even though he's fluent but i've always ever he's always spoke English to my sister and myself um, for that sole purpose of us learning two languages growing up. So, yeah, so my accent is definitely not a German-English accent. I can That's say okay. the, I don't say the. That makes sense because, yeah, when you were talking, you were like, okay, I went to America. I'm like, and none of this, he went to Australia or New Zealand. So I'm like, where did that accent come from? But that makes sense. Huh. Yeah. So we, we, we wanted to hear, uh, oh, really quick, another follow-up question just about that. Any plans to go full time into pickleball? 
if the opportunity presents itself or is there an opportunity in the future, stuff like that? Or do you like your job so much that you want to do it? Stick with the job stuff. Um, well, I mean, if there's an opportunity, it would have been signing a three-year, the new three-year PPA deal. I mean, that would have been the, the easiest way of doing it, you know, financially right. and everything. Um, okay. But, you know, I, uh, as much as I want to um, do this full-time, um or or just focus on it um i'm going to you know i just turned 39 on on, on monday so i gotta use my head a little bit more my my uh, window of playing at the top based on age is probably a, a lot smaller than for somebody like jw or or ben you know they're in their early 20s um so uh and then plus i was hurt for the last year and a half with my hip you know um that I just I don't want to quit my job now just for uh, for that sole reason, um, and I can do both. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate enough that I can I can work from the road at times. You know, I front load my weeks usually heavily with all the meetings, and then I do all the all the all the things I can do remotely. Uh, whether it's before I get to the tournament, whether it's on the plane, um, whether it's in between matches, I've done that before where I do calls or emails or whatever it is in between matches and you know deal with clients um i mean it's not ideal don't get me wrong it's 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 stressful but again i'm i'm in i'm in a very fortunate situation where i can do both so i'm not going to bitch about it and um, i'm going to keep going well good for you yeah that's what i was curious about we're, we're going to talk about your hip injury just a little bit spencer's going to talk about it but before we hop into that I sent you a message this probably a year and a half ago now and asked you like, Hey, what do you do for fitness routines and stuff like that? And you said, you've always been into CrossFit, always been a CrossFit guy. We kind of want to get into your training side of things, because like you said, you're 39 and you have the body of a, a CrossFitter or super, super good body of a 25 year old. You know what I mean? So what is your fitness routine specifically for pickleball? And I know that it's something from what I gathered a year and a half ago, something that you really enjoy doing on the side as well when you have time. Yeah. So I, you know, I never stopped really working out. It's always been for me, it's always been kind of my therapy where there's just an hour to, that's the only time I really usually can shut my brain off. And uh, it's always been like that since I grew up. Um, And whether it's gym or whether it's pickleball or whether it's, you know, just, throwing a football around whatever it is something active um as long as it's not going for a long distance run i hate that with a passion uh, <laughs> i'd rather do suicides for an hour than run for an hour personally always been that way and i know it's my add or whatever it is but uh as long i need to be able to in my head at least have a an see an end point a purpose and, you know with a with a long long however long mile run i really don't see that for some reason psychologically um but yeah, I mean, I haven't done CrossFit probably in about yeah at least a year and a half now, roughly. Just and it was mainly just because of my hip. I didn't want to do too much lifting, too much strain on the back. Um, I wanted to get my hip uh, or figure out what was even going on because it didn't really start with my hip hurting. It was started with my knee. I thought I tore a meniscus, and it actually happened to be the 2021s when it started. The first time I ever felt something in my knee was when actually when Jay and I beat Ben and Colin in Atlanta that you know that's when I first wrapped my had something put tape on my knee because that um that's when I stepped and I heard a pop in my knee and I was like oh crap 
And so I didn't make much of it. I was, you know, I was fine. I think adrenaline got me through that weekend. And then um, it just was painful. My knee was painful for a while. And I thought, ah, give it a couple of weeks, give it a month, give it two months. It didn't go away. So I then ended up getting an MRI just to see. But structurally, it was nothing wrong. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Because I'm, I mean, I'm in pain. I couldn't, I couldn't sit for what about for an hour without any kind of or two hours without any kind of pain it was getting worse um so we did a bunch of rehab uh, it didn't really get much better um then i took an x-ray about six months later I took an x-ray of my lower back initially just to see what's going on there and uh, then they made me do another x-ray of my hip and it ended up being that my hip was rotated significantly on my right side up and forward um, which then caused my pain down my knee. I guess it compressed the nerve or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it allowed me not to use my posterior chain as much anymore. So my, my glutes and my hamstrings, they just got elongated constantly and they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be able to rotate back and get mm-hmm. strength in the normal position, only, you know, any elongated position. And no muscle that is either super tight or constantly got elongated is going to be able to function. So I had to, for the last like six months or this year, three, four, four, six months, I've been stretching a lot. Started doing yoga, um, started, stopped lifting heavy weights um, and the stretching part. And then also, you know, paired with certain strength movements for my posterior chain, glute hips, hamstrings, and also some, some quad exercises too got that stronger and then you know the first tournament back that i didn't have any pain that i was you know was seattle um and i guess it paid off you know it's a lot easier being able to play without pain i mean i couldn't i literally couldn't sit for more than an hour i couldn't sleep time at times at night i didn't tell anybody really about how bad i was because i didn't want anybody to know so they could pick on me more even um and uh but yeah it's flying was a i i always had to get an aisle seat uh, to straighten my leg or if I didn't have one, I would have to get up, you know, within the flight at least once or twice to just wow. stand up and walk back just to stretch my knee. When I had to drive between my offices from Wichita to Kansas City, I would have to stop after an hour, hour and 10 to stretch my, you know, stretch straighten my leg and just stretch for a second. Otherwise, like, you know, it was, it was yeah, super uncomfortable. I have a pretty, I feel like I have a pretty high pain, pain tolerance, but yeah, that was definitely very, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, uh, so of, of all things, I'm a long distance runner. Uh, that's what I do the most for fitness. I run every day. And so that's why that made me laugh when you said you hated that. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't matter. You can put it, I can put an iPod, headphones in and listen to music and it doesn't do anything for me. My mind still goes, oh, when is this done? Like I, I just, for some reason. Lately, I've been mixing it up though. Uh, I'm still running six days a week but I'm mixing it up with other things. And you mentioned stretching. Stretching's a huge thing. Ever since I heard like David Goggins talk about how much stretching helped him, um, then I started doing that. I still don't do it as much as I should, but I'm in a lot less pain. You know, I can play pickleball. I can do whatever I need to do, whatever I need to do. So stretching is a, a super big deal. I think one of the biggest things with pickleball compared, if you compare it to tennis, like a lot of us come from, you know, there's you you have so much more lateral movement because you know not being able to go into the kitchen line, you know, um, your 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 hips, your outside part of your hips, 
on or legs in general are so much more used and under stress compared to probably more like your what is inside part of your legs, like in tennis, more likely, or in tennis, you run a lot more forward and backwards when pickleball is all side to side mainly. Yeah. And yeah, it's so it's a different kind of exercise. And I think it, just because the ball's slow and you dink, I think it gets underestimated how much, how important it actually is to have strong uh, glutes, hamstrings, your posterior chain, because you're, it's so easy to, to, you know, you're always engaging your quads with most, most racket sports because you're supposed to be on your toes, just like in pickleball, but it's so easy to become flat footed in pickleball um and lethargic and um you know the older you get things can go wrong a lot quicker or or you don't you just don't recover as quick anymore as you used to that's really what it is at least for me no yeah definitely we've we've talked about lateral movement you know how it's different from tennis uh not not a tennis fan myself i played a little bit of tennis austin played a lot more than i did but uh pickleball is very different i just don't like i don't love comparing the two because i do feel like pickleball is way different another thing people don't understand is how long a day is for a pro or how long a weekend is for a pro in a tournament and how taxing that can be on the body they're like oh old people sport pickleball couldn't be that bad until you're out there actually doing it even if you just play you know, men's only, like if I go and play amateur men's only and it lasts most of the day, it's a long day. And then think about going, well, doing that again, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, and you, you know, you get all these tennis players obviously now coming into the sport, trying it out, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, and obviously talking a lot of shit about pickleball. Um, I'll be the first one to admit, I mean, I was not about pickleball when I, you know, before I started playing either. Um, and took it, you know, like, oh, this is easy, but it's a lot more challenging than you think. And, and when it comes to tournament days, I mean, in tennis, you play a tournament throughout the whole week, pretty much. If you're in it, you play one match a day. May, you know, maybe in juniors, you play two matches a day. But reality is, you know, you're out there, you know, let's say a match takes three hours or two and a half hours on average, you're done. Well, your pickleball day starts eight o'clock in the morning, generally. Um, now, I thank God it's around 10 for us. But I mean, we, I've been there from eight till, you know, 11 o'clock at night yeah, and it's a, just an all day it's a mental grind you, you know you, you just get mentally fatigued and 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 and, and physically fatigued as well uh, and you have up to six seven matches in a day you know so i think um it's a lot easier to talk shit when you haven't tried you know playing seven matches yeah. bro. especially yeah. when you're constantly having to bend over bend you bend over if you're tall you know if you're six foot and above and constantly have to bend over to a ball that doesn't bounce really you know, doing that, not being used to it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's a lot easier to talk shit when you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's why, you know, for me too, you brought up a really good point. It's such a mental grind, specifically for me, and I know it is for a lot of people, just being out there and then waiting between, you know, say you, you maybe you have a short wait time between matches. It, you, to think about it, maybe you have a long wait time between matches. You're still there all day. For me, it's mainly mental, and and it's a giant grind. But anyway, I'm I'm glad that you're you're healthy again. It is super fun to watch you now. Um, to see that you're that you're back at it. I loved watching you and Pisnik play and just destroy people that yeah. honestly I th- I thought you were gonna lose to. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit that I didn't think you would go that far at all. And then I watched every match and you guys were just solid and it was legit. 
I think one people one thing that most people uh, also players forget um, is you know they look at individual talent, right? The reality is number one. I'll argue this with anybody all day, every day. Number one criteria or most important thing about playing doubles is um, how does your individual style match up with your potential partner style and how much chemistry can that build and how much chemistry do you have? And I think that bites a lot of people in the ass because they, you know, everybody thinks they're so much better than, you know, than they are or they're better. They always think they're, you know, so cocky that they are better than, the person you know across the across the net from them. Reality is the level is so close that it, it comes down to chemistry and how does your individual how do your strengths pair up with your partner's strengths? Um, and I think that's really what people overlook. Um, I mean, look at Ben and Colin. There's a reason why they're so dominant. Colin doesn't get any credit for it, um, <laughs> yeah. but but he plays his role perfectly. You know, without Colin doing what he does, Ben would not. You know, Ben would have to play a different style of game. And they just figured it out that way, you know. Um, you, you have um, you have Matt Wright and Ben playing 2021 20, half the year, and, and, and Ben and Colin playing the other half the year. And Matt Wright's phenomenal, one of the best guys out there, and you know, in the, from an individual individual standpoint. But Ben and Matt lost to Tyson and Riley three out of five, I think, or three out of you know two, yeah, or you know, they they lost a couple of matches. Whereas Ben and Colin, I don't think they ever lost a game against as against that pairing. Right. Maybe I'd be wrong with that part, but I know for a fact they never lost the match. Um, so again, you know, Matt does phenomenal with anybody. He's so good at this game. But paired with Ben, you know, I think it's, you know, again, the only way you can really argue this is the chemistry in terms of mm-hmm. and, and how you match, how you how you pair up together. Um, so do you and... One thing on... Sorry, one thing on that, and then Oz, you can take it with the, yeah. with the backhands, but... Uh, perfect example of chemistry is you and Jay, and that's why I wanted you guys to get back together. Because I watched you when you first started, um, and and you came so close against the Johns guys a couple times. The chemistry is definitely there, and they won. Um, I remember the one that you guys won. We won. Yeah, I mean, we legit. had match points and other ones. There's only ever one match that year where um, they beat us in two very close games. I think 10, 12, 10. 11-9 or something. But other than that, it was always three games. You just opened up 7-3 or 7-4 in the third. Uh, Desert Ridge, we had match points. They double-dipped us. You know, we had <laughs> a couple match points and then lost 15-13 or whatever it was. Oh. Pretty painful. But yeah. again, you know, um, there's a reason why they're, they're so good. Ben has another gear. It's 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 insane. It, you know, it drives everybody insane. It drives me insane. But you have to give him hats off. He's just, you know, yeah. there's a reason why he's got his 100 hundred um tournament win pba tour win um you you just have to take your hat off it's just how it is um but yeah i mean there's no doubt that uh i think jay and i um have chemistry on court um and i think we've we do fine you know not together i'm not saying if we get back together that we would do better or not i'm not going to say that but there's definitely, um, I mean, you could see it in TOC. We hadn't played together in God knows a year and a half, and you know, we met just semi-final, and uh, we're winning the semi-final until, you know, I uh, I fell on my damn head. <laughs> uh, 
now again, did we would have we won it? I don't know. You know, we'll never know. But we, I think we had a pretty good chance of making it to the final. Um, but again, you know, I think that was always our best attribute. Not not us individually. It was us as a team. For sure. You know, this is what, and again, you know, we started together. So again, we we, we kind of try to figure out we try to learn how to play pickleball in the first place and then what works best for us as a partnership. So our game styles were, were based on that, trying to figure out what works best. So certain tendencies are based on that. You know, it wasn't like when we first started playing, it wasn't me playing right and playing left. We, we played straight up, but it, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's very difficult to contain a big French guy that wants to take every ball. If that makes <laughs> sense. I say that with nothing but love and he'll know. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, somebody has to put the ego aside at some point, instead of clashing in the middle constantly. And I'm I'm totally fine with that and using my strengths, my countering um, at that point. So it, you know, it works a lot of the times, and sometimes it doesn't. But we'll see. I know what's going to happen. Who knows? Yeah, so we chemistry is huge. We wanted to change gears really quick. This is the last subject, and then we have a quick little fun quiz. That Spencer's going to give you. No worries. But we just we wanted to ask you about um, how you decide between hitting a one-handed backhand volley and a two-handed backhand volley, because I feel like I've seen a lot more two hands from you, just lately seeing you. But how you decide between the two? Honestly, um, naturally, is my I count a one. I hit a one-handed volley, but it sometimes. I don't even think about it. It just happens to be that way. Um, I feel like you're a little more stable with the two-handed volley at times. It, t it takes a lot of – your timing has to be so perfect on countering, with the, your angle of your paddle to counter, you know, if you want to try and go down. And then sometimes it's just difficult when you – you know, you, you countering, you're always kind of guessing, is he going to hit me to my – is he going to hit my left, right shoulder, right hip, left hip, straight at my body, where is he going to go or she? Um, so you're, there's always a bit of a guessing part element to that. Um and uh, so it's very challenging to square up your paddle face and make sure you're able to hit down. If you can't hit down, you know, you're obviously going to fight an uphill battle and most likely you're going to eat that ball. Unless yeah. you're Colin. He's someone who just gets a, resets the damn thing back into the kitchen all the time. <laughs> um, uh, but so then I think if I, if I have to slide middle heavy to cover the middle for my partner, I feel like I'm – Tendence, my tendency is to hit more of a two-handed backhand. And I think it's just because I feel like I'm a little, maybe a little later to the ball at that point. And it's easier for me to use my left hand to, to catch up and square up my paddle face. But do I consciously think about that? I wish I would be able to consciously think about that in such a quick, quick time. But honestly, I really don't. It's just, I mean, I've hit left-handed shots before and I don't know where the heck that has just come from suddenly. Like, like I've never, I've never hit a left that, before. but it just happened. Yeah, sometimes well, I, it's just. I think that's a good thing because, well, if you think about people that are first starting, they really need to get into the technical things of when do you hit a two-handed versus a one-handed. And I get comments on my videos all the time asking like, hey, how do you decide between the two? And it really does just become a muscle memory thing where it makes most sense. If I'm ever covering middle, my, my partner Ernie's or something like that, it does feel better to put that second hand on there for stability and getting it down. Whereas if I'm straight on with someone and I can counter and they're hitting to my right shoulder, it makes more sense for me to do a one-hander. But I don't logically think about it. It becomes muscle memory because I've done it so many times. It sounds like that's exactly what yeah. you're saying. And, and I think I think as long as you can stay compact 
you know, not have your arm too far away from your body. If you can stay compact, it's naturally more, it's a lot, that's easier to use the one E. But the minute you feel, the minute you kind of have to reach for a ball, um, even though technically a two-ender gives you a little less reach, but I, uh, again, anytime you're not as compact in terms of having your paddle close to your body, um, I feel like it's easier to use a second hand there just for that stability and that strength there in that moment. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it too. Spencer, it's, the floor is yours for the rapid fire questions. All right, Pat. Last section if you have a second. Yeah, absolutely. So rules are, so I'm going to give you, technically these are questions, but basically it's one word that I'm giving you. You need to answer with one word each question that I give you, just the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. So that one word is completely up to you. It's just 10 questions. Here we go. Number one, Jay Devilliers. Oh, that's tough to answer one question in one word. <laughs> oh. Funny. I like it. DJ Young. Stud. MLP PPA merger. Hold it. That's two words. <laughs> we'll make it one. Uh, shirt sleeves. Overrated. <laughs> uh, New Zealand. Home. Germany. Home. Kansas. I guess it's home now. <laughs> Pickleball travel. You want the answer beginning of the year or now? <laughs> Either. Beginning of the year fun. Now. Tough. Okay. Tina Pisnik. Amazing. And final is diet and exercise. Um, essential. Love it. Hey, we really appreciate your time, Pat. Thanks for coming on. Congrats on all your recent success. Uh, we just enjoy watching you. Are you coming out to PPA here in Vegas uh, next yep. month? I'll be, I'll be there. Cool. I'm playing, who I'm playing with? I'm playing with Travis Redmire and I'm playing with Arena. Oh, you're playing with Travis. Yeah, we've had him on the podcast too. You guys will be. You know who's playing right or left, or you don't know yet? Yeah, I don't think we know that yet, but the reality is probably me right. He That's likes, what I he would. Likes, he likes the left. Yeah, I think you guys can do really well together. I actually yeah, thought did, about that earlier played, today. Since he last year, we lost the bronze. That was, you know, that was um, before I was, yeah, you know, before I was it back to about ninety percent, and then Travis, you know, he he, uh, he was about just his journey. His pickleball journey was somewhat fresh, you know, one year old. Now it's a couple of years, I think. So That's it's definitely it. gotten a heck of a lot better. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you. Great, great guy. We get along really good, so it'll be fun either way. Yeah, it seems like you guys have cool. similar personalities. <clears throat> yeah, we right, both Pat. like to go back and count. <laughs> I guess. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> I think we both we both love our backhand counter. Yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, you guys both have a sick backhand counter. <laughs> it comes back heavy. Heck yeah. 
Hey, it was nice meeting you, Pat, officially. You're a stud. Absolutely. appreciate you coming on. We'll see ya. Absolutely. Do it again. Have a good one, guys. All right. Take care. Thank you. See ya. See ya. Okay, Spencer, let's stay on for a little bit and just do a recap on the stuff that he taught us, if you yeah. want to. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Just if you have time. So, talk, talking about, uh, just to recap him talking about fitness and how big pickleball is in making sure that you have like big glutes, big legs, fit legs in general. Couldn't have stood more true to me because I remember when I first started really training pickleball back in 2021, like first day out of training, I remember coming home and literally couldn't walk just because of that side to side movement, <laughs> like really taking it seriously. Yeah. And yeah. so what he said is so true because you don't get that side to side movement really anywhere else. Not I'm I'm yeah. not even referring to other sports, but in general, you just don't get that that much side to side movement. But now it's funny because, and I remember my knees just killing me for so so long. <laughs> yeah. But now it's all been sorted out just from stretching. Like he was saying, I stretch all the time. Super super important. So I thought that was funny. I wanted to talk about the backhand counter a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, go oh, ahead. that's cool. Or not necessarily the backhand counter, but how you decide between one-handed and two-handed. And hopefully we can solve this problem for for all. But I like what he said, that once you do it enough, it literally is just muscle memory. He's like, to be honest, I don't, I don't really think about it at all. It just happens. But if I was to think into it, yeah, when I'm on the stretch, you're stretching in the middle to cover a ball for your partner. You put that second hand on. And that's something that's just happened naturally to me, I feel like. Whereas if I just have one hand on there, I feel like the ball is just going to go straight up and in, into the air when I'm on the stretch. Yeah. But I wanted to get your opinion on that because I know you've been practicing putting that second hand on lately. Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm still at this the place in my journey. We'll call it my journey to where I still have to tell myself to put that second hand on there. It just doesn't come naturally. But something that he pointed out that does make sense to me is even though if you have to stretch for a ball, you won't stretch as far with two hands. It makes sense to hit a ball that you stretch for with two hands because you're going to have more control on that ball. Yeah. But I still got to get to a point where I'm drilling it more often so that it becomes more muscle memory. Yeah, he probably couldn't pinpoint what it was that was causing him to not think about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I think it is, too. He's just trained it so much that it just it comes naturally yeah. to him. But I thought that was a really cool point when you're stretching for it. Yeah, that was sweet. Years and years of tennis is what gave him the muscle memory. Because I don't remember specifically thinking to myself, okay, this is when I hit a two-hander, this is when I hit a one-hander. It just happens. So then when I got that question, I was like, I would like to see what Pat thinks about it. And he pretty much said the same thing, but with some really valuable insight. So I wanted to show, I have a paddle here for those of you that are watching. I wanted to show you guys kind right. of what what that looks like. So we're holding, I would assume based off of watching just from the screen, watching Pat um, at PPAs and stuff, he holds continental is what it looks like to me, but it might be slightly towards an eastern an Eastern forehand, forehand, which we went over in our last podcast with what those are. 
doesn't necessarily matter for, for this example. But the further towards continental that you hold, the easier it is to get the ball down, which is something that he mentioned. So he said, most importantly is getting the ball down, because if you don't get it down, chances are you're going to get a pancake coming back at you, and the point's over, you're going to get roasted, unless you're Colin Johns, right. which nobody is except for Colin, <laughs> because he can <laughs> typically reset that ball. So for a one-hander, we're focusing on inverting our wrist forward like this. So an invert, and that's going to put our paddle face down. When we're on the stretch, having that control to put the paddle face down and not hit it into the net is going to be a lot more difficult. So when we put that second hand on, our second hand can kind of take over for the most part and put the paddle down while at the same time stabilizing the stroke. So same grip, you're not changing anything about the grip. Paddle is just, you're focusing on getting that ball down. And if it's anywhere in the vicinity of your body, one hand is going to make more sense so it's really important to build your forearms and get the forearm strength necessary to be able to do that without hurting your wrist. And then when you're on the stretch with those two hands. So hopefully I haven't I haven't overdone by saying that so many times, but I just thought that was a fantastic tip from Pat. No, and you, you sealed it there. You made it underst- understandable. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, it's a word. But, I mean, that makes perfect sense. It's so much harder to have control on the reach unless you are putting that second hand on it. So I guess our suggestion again, uh, I know we repeat this a lot, but get out there and drill it. Drill it 100 times and then drill it 1,000 times until it becomes muscle memory. I'll work on it too, and hopefully it does. Cool, cool. Yeah, I guess you already kind of did an outro, but... Appreciate you guys being with us, and we will see you on the next one. Later, pickleheads.